Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On this episode, I am talking about and reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Last week was Volume 1. Next week will be the Christmas special followed by volume three this movie however came out in the year 2017 so i believe three years after the original this one written and directed by james gunn starring many people including chris pratt zoe zeltana dave batista vin diesel bradley cooper michael rooker karen gillen palm clementif kurt russell and sylvester stallone many other cameos in this movie as well in this movie, the Guardians struggle to keep together as a team while dealing with their personal family issues, notably Star-Lord's encounter with his father, the ambitious celestial being Ego. This is another fun installment in the Guardians of the Galaxy series. I did enjoy this. I have seen this before. I saw this in theaters and uh, saw this again. I think I saw this in 3D in theaters. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I do like this movie slightly less than the first one. Both are great, don't get me wrong. I just think I like the first one more than I like this one. Uh, I think when I watched this, though, the first time, the original time, in 3D, I think I liked it more than the first one. But now my opinions may have changed, and I like the first more. Uh, but still a great movie, nonetheless... I uh, still had a lot of fun watching this movie. Uh, they add a lot more characters, obviously, as sequels are known to do. Give us some more of Quill's backstory slight, slash, slash family story slash specifically his father, obviously, as we, we found out his father, Ego. Uh, some more great music in this one, obviously. The end of last episode, the last movie. He finally opens his package after, what, like 26 years? His dying mother gives him a present. He waits 26 years to open it. What, would, what, do, you, what do you know? It's another cassette. It's volume two. So we get more uh, great music this time from the second cassette tape. Uh, and uh, what made me like this a little bit less than the previous movie was the fact that our characters are split up. The first movie was great seeing all of the Guardians come together. All of these characters come together as a uh, Fast and the Furious hashtag family. And uh, this one we see those characters be split up as they go do different things. And uh, so, you know, a lot of scenes with characters also talking, just sitting around talking. So we do get to know a lot more about the characters. Uh, and uh, I do appreciate that, but the the magic of having everybody together uh, is is a bit lacking in this one. Uh, 
But we do get to learn about different characters, their past. We definitely get to lot, learn a lot more about Yondu in this uh, movie, as well as Quill, Quill's father. Uh, those things, we get to know more about Gamora and Nebula, their sibling rivalry, specifically what uh, Thanos did to Nebula growing up. Um, so a lot of different stories going on, basically. You could have almost turned this movie into a, a TV series, and each episode was a separate story of this group doing their thing. Uh, but, you know, you have multiple storylines all woven together to make this movie, which, you know, I do like this movie. Uh, so you do get to learn more about the characters because of that. We see characters bond, right, with the new characters, also unlikely bonds between characters that we've seen from the previous movie. So I like that stuff as well. A big part of this movie is the real family the family you're born into versus your found family right whether in this movie whether it's with fathers whether it's with siblings um also just kind of the group the family unit as a whole as it pertains found family versus given family uh which you know whether it's this movie or fast and the furious I do love, that is one part of the ragtag group of people, movies that that feature ragtag groups. Is those ragtag groups are their own family in a lot of ways, which I do, I do kind of love that atmosphere. And what I loved about the first movie, everybody coming together, forming this new found family. Right. The one, whether it's the one who helped make you or the people who actually raised you, you know, the differences. I'm sure a lot of people who had stepdads growing up probably understand those major differences between who their real dad is, the guy who impregnated your mom, or is it the guy who helped raise you? And through this movie, you know, our ideas and perceptions of certain characters change, which I love is one of the, the great parts of this movie. But also leads to some heartfelt, great heartfelt moments in this movie. New characters also change dynamics here and there, providing some fun comedy. Specifically, Drax and Mantis are a fun pair in this movie, as Mantis being one of the new additions. Just didn't have the same magic, I would say, as the first movie, at least for me. Despite having an absolutely adorable baby Groot in this movie. I do love this movie, but, you know, for me, just a step down from the last one. Still great, though. Don't get me wrong. So far, the series is firing on all cylinders better than most series whether it's superhero comic book movies or any franchise it's tough it's tough right i think john wick did a great job i think this series so far is doing a great job it will be interesting to see how the next two play into that i know the holiday special is kind of more of a not as important i've heard the third one is great but uh you know still excited to see where this series goes but i do want to get into spoilers for this movie that came out in 2017 so i would assume 
Everybody who's watching this probably already knows this movie. But if you haven't, now's your chance to head on over to Disney Plus and give it a watch. Uh, but, or if you don't don't mind spoilers, welcome. You have been warned. But this movie, a big part of this movie is more of Quill's story, specifically his family, right? It opens with the backstory of Quill's parents in 1980, Missouri. And his dad, Ego, planting this alien plant on Earth. Like, we don't really know what that is until later, that the nefarious plan that he actually has. But it's a nice, you know, probably one of the best de-agings of uh, uh, an actor that I can think of. You know, you have, it's definitely done a lot, but the way they did it in this movie is pretty amazing. Um, for Kurt Russell, who plays his dad. So kind of a great intro, seeing, you know, how they got together, Quill's parents got together. Uh, and then we see Ego shows up in this movie later on, helping them escape from these gold people, right? This Another alien race uh, that this movie st opens with them being contracted to do work for them. Uh, but, of course, Rocket can't, can't keep his sticky fingers off of things. But uh, his dad helps them get away from the gold people as they're being chased after. And his ship, super interesting design, almost kind of looks like an egg made out of marbles. Very interesting uh, design on the outside of the ship. Also seems like made by the designer for Apple, especially like kind of earlier Apple products. Has that kind of feel to it. Uh, we also see Ego's planet in this. Uh, a lot of, we get a lot of kind of exposition uh, and stories from his dad that are kind of illustrated with these vi visuals that are kind of interesting. Um, and we find out that not only is his dad a celestial kind of godlike, but Quill himself has these powers. And it seems that's why in the previous movie he was able to grab onto the Infinity Stone and not be blown to smithereens apparently it wasn't just because they dispersed the energy by coming together as a family and sharing the energy grabbing hands uh it was due to quill's uh you know lineage of being a celestial himself and we get the scene where ego trying to teach quill how to use his powers right we find out that the entire planet is ego which is, you know, kind of there's mind bending ideas in this. Uh, but we get the father son playing catch. Very cheesy, but also still heartfelt moment of this kid that never had a dad growing up, never knew his dad, I should say. Uh, he had a stepdad, I believe. And then, you know, there's the 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 man that helped raise him, Yondu, in this movie. But he gets the playing catch with your dad kind of a thing uh the rest of the crew the rest of quill's quote-unquote family learns about what ego's plan which ego's plan is like you want to talk about a character that comes into this and it's very heartfelt it's like oh the reuniting of the son and his father and you know and then we find out what the perp what quill's ultimate plan is and it gets 
dark. Not only does Nebula's past with her dad, not only is that dark, but this is very dark as well, right? His plan to spread and infect all planets, spreading like a virus, kind of this manifest destiny, kind of colonizer type of plan of ego to take over all of the planets in the universe and how he you have everybody separately of quill's friends his family trying to save him but he's like under his dad's persuasion at that moment he's so intoxicated by finally meeting his dad and knowing that he has these powers and all these things and he doesn't know the truth yet but everybody's trying to to try and to you know wake him up for lack of a better term let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all ray, ray taylor, taylor show, show fans. fans we're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. And then you find out that Quill, the darkness of this story, that Quill was just one of hundreds of offspring that Ego attempted to create to make this ex expansion work. He needed an offspring so that he could utilize them. Basically, he needed an offspring to use as a, a battery. Batteries are a, a big theme of this, uh, this movie. So he needed an offspring to use to use their energy in order to fulfill this plan this master plan that he has when you see like not only do you see the massive pile of dead bones of basically siblings of quill that were executed because they weren't they didn't get the the right juice they didn't get the right family juice within them so dark and then also realizing that the dad put the tumor in his mom's head is just like not only is it dark what quill's purpose was but also that he killed his mom's like i don't understand why that would make a difference i guess if he didn't have a mom it would allow him to take the battery kid uh and use him more easily but still very brutal when he finds out about that. And of course, when it comes to Quill, whether it's the cassette tapes that his dad destroys his Walkman and cassette in this movie, um, but also finding out that he killed his mom. Like, you want to. That's like calling Marty McFly a chicken, you know? Is, is making mom jokes about Quill is probably the worst thing you could do. So. Ego doing the the worst things imaginable. It's, it's even even worse. But also you get the realization that Yondu was actually 
protecting Quill, right? You have this view, this perspective of Yondu from the previous film and the beginning of this film as he is like a bad guy. Like he kidnapped Quill and he kept Quill not only from returning home to Earth, but also kept Quill from ever meeting his father. And not only that, using him to perpetrate crimes because he was a small kid that could crawl into stuff easy. But as we see what Yondu's real intentions were, that there was a reason why he didn't want to deliver him to Ego because he knew what Ego was doing. All of those kids that are now a pile of bones were all trafficked by Yondu at some point and didn't want that same thing to befall Quill really completely recontextualizes the Yondu character in this movie and that Yondu really saved Quill from you know not only saved Quill from his father but in this movie saves Quill and sacrifices himself it's so heartfelt the end of this movie with Yondu I'm telling you like from your perspective of Yondu at the beginning of this movie to the very end complete and utter 180 which I probably one of the best aspects of this movie is to is what they did how they they morphed this Yondu character into a hero right movie ends with him getting the ravenger funeral that he always wanted which that those cameos are great with sylvester stallone michelle yo all those people but getting that thing that he never thought he would get because he broke he broke the rules ravengers dealing in children right which all that stuff is recontextualized like horrible and doesn't necessarily excuse the fact that he did traffic all of those bones that used to be living things and it's not like the character changed it's just our perception of yondu changed which i think is the real magic of of this this movie right understanding his intentions completely changes everything the context so I love like that being the big aspect of this movie. I do love that, even though, you know, playing catch with the dad kind of cheesy. There are other aspects of this movie that I didn't like as much, but that I, I really love that aspect of it. Right. Who is who is Quill's real father? Yondu was far more of a dad. He raised him like there's the montage where he's thinking back to all the, the things that Yondu helped teach him and all that kind of stuff. To, saving him literally another of the antagonists obviously ego is the main antagonist of this but you also have the sovereign these gold people that at the beginning of the movie it starts with them which is a great opening to this movie great cold open where they're hired to protect these batteries from this giant monster and it's a great little fight scene that we don't see the fight scene takes place in the background blurry and all we see is baby Groot, which is adorable. Probably the most adorable aspect. I mean, uh, obviously the most adorable aspect of this movie. This movie opens with baby Groot dancing while just chaos is going on behind him. Which I, I really enjoy. The battle, destruction, all that stuff happening in this blurred background while we watch baby Groot dance. Very fun intro. Very adorable. 
Um, but you, these gold people are like another alien race. I think they're still part of the Kree. They're just a different race of Kree aliens, I think. But they're all like eugenics. You know, they're all perfectly engineered. Golden. Their ships are cool. They use like these drone ships. And they have like their control room. Pretty cool. So I enjoyed that aspect. You have Quill and Gamora, the unspoken thing part of this movie. The, in my opinion, no chemistry between those two actors. I do not buy the whether it's in the first movie and Quill risks his life to save, which obviously now makes sense why he would survive being out in space because he was part celestial. But him sacrificing his life for her in the first movie and then this whole thing um i just i'm i don't buy it i don't buy their connection i don't buy that they don't i don't believe they have chemistry they're not two characters where it's just like where this movie's saying he's saying oh there's this unspoken thing and i think on some level he's supposed to be right but at no point do i feel like there's some unspoken thing really and it's movie opens when he's like when they t are talk after their job is completed and they find out that the gold people engineer each other. And he's like flirting with this queen saying like, well, maybe I should show you how we we make people the old fashioned way. Right. Clearly flirting with her right in front of Gamora. Then he kind of realizes that he's flirting with her right in front of her and kind of changes his tune. But it's like, I don't know. I just don't I don't buy it. You know, it's supposed to be like it. I think it's supposed to feel like the, I, I think it's maybe in reference, this Sam Malone from Cheers connection. But I don't buy it. I As opposed to in Cheers, I bought it a lot more. And maybe it's just because the, the difference is, it's like, I don't think, I don't believe quill chris pratt is a sexual being <laughs> in this movie like he's very childish but like i don't get like i don't feel like he's not exuding any kind of sexual desire as opposed to you know somebody like a han solo or somebody like a sam malone who feel like dudes that have had sex that like chris pratt acts kind of like a guy who's hasn't had sex yet maybe i don't know at least that's the vibe and then you have quill all caught up in the fantasy of the planet ego his dad you have gamora knows that something is up uh but nothing about their dynamic works right like, he's into her, but at the same time, he doesn't listen to the fact that she has concerns about the planet and then his dad, which makes sense that he wouldn't necessarily. But at the same time, it's like, if he did have a thing for her, this would be a moment where there would be some kind of internal struggle, maybe, that he would have. I know, I'm probably like, dude, it's just a comic book movie. Why are you reading into it? It's just like, well... It's the difference between a movie trying to convince me of something versus me being along for the ride and believing it just because 
you know, it's it just it, it feels forced. It's like it feels like he needs Quill to be attracted to Gamora because they just that's just part of the algorithm they need to have happen for this movie to be more successful is to have this kind of playing on the Star Wars type of thing between Han Solo and uh, what's her face blanking on her name but it's just like it it fulfills a trope of the kind of ragtag group of people when there's a woman there's got to be some kind of love connection Seinfeld even made fun of that in the the end of the first season I think end of the first season of Seinfeld where it's like everybody wants him and Lane to get together and they literally make a joke about they do it but then it's like they break it off because it's like it would have ruined the show um so i don't believe their chemistry it just feels empty to me which just makes a lot of their interactions not make as much sense like if it worked if they did have chemistry then a lot of the scenes that don't work will work but because i don't buy they have chemistry i don't feel that it it just doesn't it's just like it's just gaslighting me it feels like uh we also get more of nebula and gamora their payment for protecting the batteries is gamora uh is gamora's sister i should say nebula who was who has a bounty on her so it's kind of a roundabout way to collect the bounty on her as payment for protecting the, the the batteries uh, when we see that she's freed by the Ravengers after everybody splits up and Nebula's kind of being guarded by Rocket and uh, Groot as they're rebuilding the ship. Uh, but the Ravengers show up. Great scene with Rocket sending booby traps and everything. But she ends up getting saved by the Ravengers. And there's a, f- a funny scene where one of the Ravengers asks her what she's going to do with the bounty from rocket and she goes into this whole thing like she's getting 10 percent of rocket's bounty and then she goes into this whole thing about how her dad thanos used to make her and gamora fight and every time she would lose the fight he would replace another part of her with machinery until she became perfect until she was able to beat gamora of course she was never able to beat gamora so that is why nebula is basically a hodgepodge of I mean, they're they're all fit together pretty nicely, but you know, she's she's you definitely scenes in movies where you see all her for pieces. So she wants to do get revenge on Thanos, get revenge on her dad, and that's what she wants to do with the money. And it's a great scene because the Ravenger was like, "Well, I thought maybe you know maybe like shoes or a purse or something like that." Um, he wasn't expecting such a dark story, but it gives us an opportunity or it gives the movie an opportunity to provide some backstory and exposition to Nebula's character as far as her absolutely dark backstory. I mean, what Thanos did to her is like, like such a, uh, like such a sympathetic character. The fact that like she is not only treated like shit by her dad, but treated like shit by her sister as well. It's like, I feel so bad for Nebula in this, in this movie, in these movies. 
Like, she just gets treated like shit. Thankfully, by the end of this movie, she's kind of brought into the hashtag family. But, man, another dark, dark past for that one. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote, are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. So she ends up taking the ship to go after Gamora, which leads to another great fight between Gamora and Nebula. Very hardcore, as their fights tend to be. I mean, she, her flying the ship, trying to shoot her, but flying into the cave, just like crazy. Gamora picking up one of the guns that fell, this like massive gun. Like, all of that stuff, so well done. That's why I love, James Gunn's able to pull this stuff off in a way that just most directors, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. Uh, but that was a great fight between the two of them, great battle between Nebula and Gamora in this. Uh, we also have Rocket, another one of the groups that split up, Rocket and Yondu, uh, after Rocket gets captured. But, I mean, it starts with Rocket stealing a bunch of the batteries, Right. I mean, that's leading to this golden alien race coming after them. And then the group splitting up after Ego saves them and Rocket needs to fix the ship. Ravengers show up and he leaves booby traps, which is another great scene, seeing all the different gadgets and and things. Him like jumping from Ravenger to Ravenger, putting these these electrodes on their heads. Uh, a lot of funny B-movie type action. Really great stuff. Um, but eventually he's in prison. The crew mutinies. So Yondu is also becomes a prisoner. Uh, and they kind of team up along with Baby Group, Groot. And uh, kind of a great scene. Setting up the end of the movie where they are trying to convince Baby Groot to get a fin for Yondu. So he's able to control his arrow. And... Uh, just Groot coming back with everything that is not what he's looking for. Uh, a really funny, funny scene. Which, you know, the third act of this movie calls back to that in a great way. It's a great setup for it's like when they really need baby Groot to go blow up Ego's core. Like, we need you to go do this thing. And for some reason, there's two buttons on this device for some reason. And you don't want to push this. you got to push this button. It's just great. Perfect setup making that final scene so much more stressful knowing how unreliable Baby Groot is. And the escape from their prison. Amazing seeing Yondu using his arrow. The whistly arrow flying through bodies just kind of raining down. Amazing. While they have a quote-unquote clone of Quill's music playing because 
Of course, copy. They got a copy of the, the cassette. Why don't you play some of that music for this scene? Um, and then them going through like a hundred jumps, which is very unsafe. Their eyes bugging out. Hilarious. And eventually Yondu and Rocket bond over their similarities. And they end up under having this understanding of each other, which just makes what happens to Yondu in this movie even more heart-wrenching to see him bonding with Rocket and it, both of them kind of finding a common ground. Um, also, Mantis and Drax in this movie. Drax, one of my favorite characters. Mantis, so unique. And they play off each other so well. And Mantis you know pairing with Drax amazing her powers as an empath the ability to kind of not only understand people see people's emotions feel people's emotions but also alter their emotions temporarily I enjoy that character a lot of great cameos in this movie too you have again Howard the Duck making an appearance uh, Sylvester Stallone as one of the Ravengers. There's a great scene with him and Yondu early in the first act of this movie. We find out that Yondu was uh, dealing in children. We see what happens with all of that. But that's kind of what got him excommunicated from the Ravenger group. A uh, great cameo from David Hasselhoff for a moment, who was the fake dad that, that Quill would tell kids in school that his dad was David Hasselhoff, but he was just out recording albums or on tour or whatever but we see him show up as ego explaining that he was trying to find the perfect form to convince peter uh to get peter to trust him um also multiple post-credit scenes uh with a lot more cameos not only do we see stallone again but we see stallone ving rames michelle yo and other were all parts of other Ravenger crews, kind of leaders of other Ravenger crews, but they all kind of come together, almost as if they were the Guardians of the Galaxy before the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but they all kind of reunite for Yondu's funeral, which I, I love that. I would love to see a spinoff of Michelle Yeoh and Ving Rhames and Sylvester Stallone and those other characters go on a mission just to have a spinoff movie. Uh, that would be great. I mean, anything with Michelle Yeoh is great. There's also a post-credit scene with the gold lady created a new birthing pod, which I believe she used a piece of like energy from Ego, and they're calling it Adam, this machine. Uh, so I assume that comes into effect in some other Marvel movie uh, I, that that machine creates something which I don't remember or know. Uh, there's also another great post-credit scene with Teenage Groot kind of talking back to Quill, which is really funny. And in one of the jumps, in one of the hundred jumps that Yondu and Rocket did in their massive jumps to get to Ego's world, uh, there was one where Stan Lee is telling these three aliens on a planet stories of, like, the cameos that he's done. And the... One of the last or the last uh, post-credit scene is Stan Lee kind of being ditched on this planet where he was telling these stories. So, in all, another fun movie. Got more members to the team, lost somebody, and in like a very, like, there was justice for Yondu in this movie. 
you know, we got a lot more backstories. Uh, but everybody was split up throughout this movie for the most part. So a lot of conversations of different groups getting to know each other. Massive redemption for Yondu. Really the highlight of this movie by far. Uh, getting to hear Nebula's very tortured backstory, very tortured character. Uh, but finally being welcomed into the family, which makes absolute sense. I mean, it's like, uh, it, like uh, talk about a character that you feel bad for that gets just no respect or love at all. And she's been the most damaged, literally. Uh, Quill literally giving up his godlike powers. Although he did it to save the lives of countless worlds. Like the whole universe was saved by Quill giving up his godlike powers. That he only just realized that he had. So it's, you know, in some ways he, he gave up something he didn't really know the full extent of anyway. And instead of ending with a new mixtape, it ends up with Quill getting a Zune. Which, like, at some point people aren't going to realize that, that was really a device that was very unpopular that tried to com compete with the the iPod but which is actually kind of funny that it's a Zune which is made by Microsoft although I guess this isn't a uh, Apple company but Disney and Apple there's a lot of connection there so I don't know uh, but it's got a bunch of songs on it no idea if his mom's songs are on that Zune or not also in this movie, we got Baby Groot, absolutely adorable, especially when we got to see Baby Groot get angry. Some great moments with Baby Groot getting angry in this movie. Uh, but I do like the first movie just a little bit more, but I still love this movie as well. Would love to see a spinoff again at, of Michelle Yeoh and Stallone and their crew. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of The Ray Taylor Show. I do hope that you enjoyed my thoughts on guardians of the galaxy volume two don't forget to tune in on every every monday wednesday and friday for more tv and movie reviews join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash disorder where all these episodes are available in video form as well don't forget to hit subscribe tap that little bell icon so you get notified with new episodes but until next time enjoy the show Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.